You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Escape the depravity of immorality is the title of this devotion. Escape the depravity of immorality. Depravity is corruption. It's what pulls you down. It's what makes you feel worthless and empty. And it's, it's a long way down. I mean, you would think, oh, these people must have come to as low as they can come. But folks, it's a painful, long journey to get to that point where you are completely at the lowest of the lowest and there's nothing left. I have seen people go down and down and keep going down and, and there's nothing in them that stops them to cry out and say, Oh God, oh God, oh God, have mercy upon me, a sinner, save me. When David in Psalm 69 was sinking in the mire, it says, and he was going down and down, he kept crying and crying to God and God pulled him back out. Well, folks, you don't have to get to the bottom of the pit before you meet the Lord. The bottom of the pit is not so bad. It's just getting there. That's tough, I used to say. And friends, the Lord is at the bottom of the pit. Yeah, he's always there for any and every one of us. But you don't have to go to the bottom of the pit to meet the Lord. You can stop right where you are and say, Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I don't want to live for the worthlessness of this world and the deceptive pleasures of this world alone to live for the glory of your holiness and kingdom and power. Oh Lord, have mercy and help me. And I'll tell you the truth, God always answers those prayers. Let me read to you here from 1 Peter chapter 4, starting at verse 3. For we have spent enough of our past time in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness. That word lewdness means total debocracy, unashamed indecency, unbridled lust, unrestrained depravity, which is the word I'm using, escape the depravity of immorality. It means a person with a character that is insolent, defiant against public opinion, sinning in broad daylight with arrogance and contempt against what is right. So you no longer have decency about your inner man. You don't care. You have become so hardened in the depravity that you don't care what anybody thinks. Folks, you never want to get to such a place. You want to stay tender-hearted and most of all, number one, care what my Father in Heaven thinks. It's what God thinks about me that I want to be conscious of before ever being concerned what anybody else thinks. Amen? And so he says, we've spent enough of our time of our pastime, doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, abominable idolatries. Idolatry, you you may think idol worship, but folks, 
Idolatry is also where you're completely consumed with consumerism, where you just cannot rest without having to go buy something or look to buy something or be busy with it. It's a lust that is not godly. Yes, God wants us to richly enjoy every good thing, the Bible says in Timothy. At the same time, he wants us to live free from any of those things controlling our innermost being. We want to worship him in spirit and truth, right? And he says, now, in regard to these things, they think, people that live that way, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. And they will have to give an account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. Okay, I'm going to Second Peter now, chapter 2. And Peter, he was a very, actually when you get to know him, you see that the older he became, he became extremely gracious and compassionate. And yet, he had an edge so sharp that he was able to cut people free from what was unclean or unholy or not right. What a wonderful way that you can be meek to empower and enable and yet sharp to liberate. And here in 2 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 4, wow, you can see the edge in the apostle of God. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterwards would live ungodly. (laughs) It's very clear from the word of God that the flood came because man's heart were only set on selfish lusts and ungodly unholiness. There was nothing left in man except in Noah that wanted to please God. I know that there are other ideas out there why the flood came, but the flood came as a warning against ungodliness. In other words, we cannot live in a kind of grace that would say, they call it antinomianism, A grace that says you can break whatever law of God because you're not under law, you're under grace. Folks, whoever brought that teaching, God have mercy on them when they face him. God forbid that we would ever mock the laws of God. Thou shalt not kill. That word kill is the word murder. It's not the word kill. There's two kinds of words in Hebrew for that same thing. There's the word kill and murder, and there's a big difference. (laughs) between the two. In war, people are killed. But there's a difference where you willfully go in to destroy somebody's life because your own heart is evil. 
that's called murder. And thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt honor your father and mother. Folks, these laws are holy, they're spiritual, they're powerful, they're eternally before God, established in the covenant and written in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, according to Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10. And that from an inward, inward Spirit of God, we have the nature of wanting to please the law of not committing adultery and so forth. And you, Jesus taught about this in the book of Matthew. So we know that the flood came because of ungodliness, it says in the scripture. And then he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. And I know that some people will say the only reason that the destruction of Sodom and Zobium and Zer and these five little cities was there because of their immorality. Immorality was there because of selfishness, it says in Ezekiel chapter 16. Selfishness in the sense that people lived only to please themselves. You see, sometimes we think only because of a certain kind of morality decay that judgment comes. No, folks, judgment comes because we are ungodly, because we are just living for selfishness and for self. And that can, can have its deceitful access upon our nature even if we are practicing churchgoers. We need to so guard against selfishness, living just to please ourselves. We need to live to please God. Sodom and Gomorrah were brought to ashes and condemned to destruction, making them an example for us to guard against ungodliness. And he delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. I think that we need to so live in a way that we're not familiar with that kind of filthiness of the world, folks. Okay. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows, it says, how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve justice. Uh, uh, reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority their presumptuous self-will they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries he's talking about uh, spiritual beings whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord and and it's important that we don't have a mocking attitude when it comes to the demonic realm or the angelical realm or even the ministry realm and I talked about that yesterday with you Today, I want to talk to you, escape the depravity of immorality. Immorality is not limited to the sexual area, folks. Immorality is that morally we have no dignity, no divinity, no godliness. There is is inside of us not anymore to show honor, to show respect, to show love, to show goodness, to show courtesy, to show friendliness, to show mercy, 
to show dignity I mentioned, to, to show courtesy, yes sir, no sir, to, uh, for, for, to open the door for somebody, to let somebody else go first, to be patient in traffic, to be gracious with learners. <laughs> I have to remind myself, because where I live, the the lesson cards are there all the time. And sometimes, it, believe it or not, it can push my patience. And I'm thinking, Robert, hello. Do you want to dig deeper in your study of Reformed theology? The All of Life for God podcast, presented by Reformation Heritage Books, offers you weekly sermons, audiobook chapters, and interviews that will help strengthen your relationship with Jesus Christ. So what are you waiting for? Just search All of Life for God wherever you get your podcast and start listening today. Presented by Reformation Heritage Books. (laughs) You know, like, haven't you learned by now? Relax. Be patient. Don't let that push on you. No way. Love them. Bless them. Be gracious to them. Yes, we should speak to ourselves. You see, escaping the depravity of morality means you still have an inward witness, an inward voice. You have a conscience that has not been seared by the familiarity of depravity, of immorality but a conscience that is tender, a conscience that's sincere, that wants to please God, that wants to show love and respect for others, that wants to behave itself in a way that's honorable, dress itself, carry itself. I am so grateful that I'm married to dear Virginia. Oh, my goodness. She has this about her, privately, publicly, she would never act rude, speak unbecomingly, or ask familiar, act familiar. Never. I have never in 40 years of marriage ever seen Virginia behave that way, ever. Privately, she is prudish. In other words, she's not rudely, never in front of the children, never in, in our time together. She's never rude, she's never unmannerly, she's not unkind. And I am so grateful, married to that. And I want to be like that myself. I want to behave, dress, and act in a way as if there is divinity in my morality. In morality, morality has to do with not just the sexual air, but has to do with your character, with your nature, with your personality, with your reactions and actions and how you treat your fellow man. That there's no manipulation, there is no condemnation. Some people, when, when they are having to deal with somebody else's nervousness or whatever, then they can be condemning because because they don't know how to cope with it. They don't know how to absorb it. They don't know how to comfort that person. They don't know how to strengthen that person. And their morality is very poor. There's so little divinity in that morality. There's so little beauty in that morality. There's so little sweetness, goodness, kindness, gentleness. I I hope you can hear this. When I'm speaking about escape, 
the depravity of immorality. I'm talking about living in the beauty of His holiness, living in the, in the sweetness of His goodness. <laughs> I look at scriptures like this. Listen to this. This is Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may bring a blessing and give God's grace to those who hear it. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, and branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption, of final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequence of sin. Let all bitterness, indignation, wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, glamour, contention, slander, evil speaking, abusive, blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, baseness of any kind. Rather be useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. That's simply Ephesians 4, verse 29 to 31. So when I'm talking about escape, the depravity of immorality, our morals should not go lower and lower. No, they should come up higher and higher in the absolute sanctuary of God's holiness in that where we live in communion and fellowship with the Heavenly Father and the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit day and night and take on its character and its nature, its forbearance, its long-sufferance, its goodness, its truth, its uprightness, its honesty. Yes, yes, I am not sitting here before you as if I did it all perfect, God forbid. I'm preaching not myself to you, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. But folks... While I may have had the pravity of immorality in my youth, those should not be carried out in my old age. No, David says, Lord, do not remember the sins of my youth. Friends, we all can have maybe had behaviors that now we look back at, like Paul would say, things that you would be ashamed of now. Look what he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I know this is not always useful. The purpose I believe it is meant for right now, but listen to this. Verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6. Do, not, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators. That word fornication is the word pornogravia or pornography is a more contemporary word for it. And you know that that can have an, uh, 
sting on you or hook in you and cause you to live in addiction to it where it controls you and deprives you morally. Escape that snare. How? I'll read it to you a moment. But I believe no matter how strong a hold immorality, the depravity of immorality has on you, pornography, Jesus, he's the answer without question. You can completely live free from it 24-7, without doubt. Idolatrous. Idolatry is not just limited to you worshiping something. No, but you can, worshiping means it, it constantly demands for you to serve it. Shopping, internet shopping or whatever. You know, the silliness, you drive past the cash machine, you stop, you go get some money out when you don't need it. It's as if you're addicted to cash machines. I know that sounds silly, but there are people that are addicted to having money. (laughs) Money is a good servant, but it's a horrible master. It's a terrible master, and it will destroy you if you allow its love to capture you, because the love of money is the root of evil, the Bible says, of all evil. And you don't want to have this addiction to shopping. No, in Jesus' name. That's called idolatry. Nor adulterous. Adultery is a depravity of morality that you cannot look at, a, at another person without physically having something. And that so deprives you of appreciating people, loving people for the person they are. And God doesn't want you to have an adulterous heart. James talks about us being spiritually adulterous and not being loyal to God. And God would love for you to not have to suffer these things. Then he talks about homosexuality and sodomites. (laughs) And there's a difference. You can have an attraction to somebody of the same sex that is beyond God-established boundaries. And then it constantly tries to draw you into a familiarity there that is unhealthy. And the Holy Spirit needs to help you with that. That is different than a sodomite, somebody who will break down every barrier God has established to have intercourse with somebody of the same sex. And there's a difference. And Holy Spirit knows how to regulate all this, folks. And we need His help in all these areas. We don't want to allow our standard to drop so low that we don't know anymore. We don't know. No, you want to have that Holy Spirit wonder of beauty inside that you could see how God has created all things to fit perfectly and how all of creation is an expression of his divinity, of his beauty, of his nature. And you would like to rediscover if you've in these areas lost your way that you go, Robert, I, Pastor Robert, I, I don't, don't know anymore. I don't know anymore what to believe about these things. I, I get confused because I think people should be able to love each other. I agree, people should be able to love each other. But there are borders that God would give by the Holy Spirit that you don't 
that you can be without, without the Holy Spirit. I have seen people who didn't have those borders and I've seen the Lord restore them and rebuild them and all of a sudden their eyes were open to God's beautiful purposes for their lives. And he's, I'm talking about the escape from the depravity of immorality. Nor thieves, people just can't help it, but they want to steal something. Covetous, where you're always wanting what somebody else has and you're never happy for them to have it. You want to have it. That's not what God wants. Drunkards, revilers, extortioners. This is not the kingdom of heaven in people's life when this is reigning in you. But then look what he says. But such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit of God. You were washed, sanctified, justified. Oh, how wonderful it is when God restores the sanctity of morality. Oh, hallelujah, when you live in a way that you can feel the beauty of His holiness constantly being unveiled in you and constantly upholding the holy divine borders set forth in His divine law, in His living word, and that when you read these things, it connects with you. You have the Holy Spirit's amening in you to God's ways and God's laws, and you begin to discover his plan and purpose for your life and that goes far beyond just the area of sexual issues it goes into courtesy respect appreciation friendliness how you talk about others think about others pray for others and it's all that area where God wants to build up a morality of divinity within you that you become more and more like him and all that you are saying to him. Amen. Have a good day.